Welcome to Ad Chatter, the podcast from adpulp.com, where we gather around the virtual water cooler and talk about ads and the ad business. Hello again, friends and colleagues. David Byrne in Austin, Texas, one of your co-hosts for Ad Chatter, and we have Dan Goldgeier, the other co-host coming to us live from his studio in Seattle, Washington. Hey, Dave, how are you? Well, I'm well because I got up early and I got out this morning and played disc golf 18 holes before anyone else. Nice. First, first person on the course. Nice. Sunny day here in Austin. And uh, I don't know what's happening in Seattle, but I used to live in the Northwest, as you know. It's cold and rainy. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Well, let me rub it in a bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we are here to discuss advertising as we do. Um, and we have a big advertising event coming up next Sunday, a week from today, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55. And I've seen some articles, Dan, that say, uh, how's COVID coming into the Super Bowl? Are we trying to come in with a more lighthearted approach. And uh, I, it seems like we always come in with a lighthearted approach. So that kind of confused me. Um, has COVID impacted the Super Bowl ads this year? Well, we're going to find out. I have not read a lot about the previews. You know, if you work in the ad industry and you read the trades, you get a lot of drips and drabs in the weeks before the Super Bowl about who's advertising and teasers and this and that. You know, in previous years, Super Bowl ads are either very, very earnest, you know, kind of like quiet down the room and be very, very, um, very, very emotional, or they're slapstick comedy. There's very little in between um, that really makes an impact. So this year, I know that we're probably going to see a lot of lighthearted work because people are just in that kind of mood. We've already been through the in these unprecedented times uh, type of spots that we saw last year. And that was, you know, in the thick of the COVID uh, crisis in the beginning of it. So I think you're going to see a lot of what is very familiar in the Super Bowl: celebrities, um, slapstick ideas, big, you know, just over the top sort of visual concepts. And we'll just see where it is. My, my big question is, are there going to be people watching this in groups or, you know, and at parties or are more people going to be watching it within the confines of their own home by themselves or with maybe one or two other people, because that affects the dynamic of how a spot lands. If you're in a room full of people and they all laugh at something, then that's a big hit. But if you're sitting there watching something that's you don't think is funny and you're kind of by yourself, you'll think it's a, you might think it's not a very funny spot. So I'll be very interested to see the perception of how these spots uh, go over with ordinary you know, consumers, uh, as well as ad people, while they're not watching in groups. Great point. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm certain there will be Super Bowl Sunday parties around the country next weekend. Uh, whether they're uh, advised or not is a discussion for another podcast. Um, on, on who will actually be watching the game as well, Dan, at the game in Tampa Bay, 
they're talking about having 22,000 fans at this game. And I noted that they're going to, um, the NFL has invited 7,500 vaccinated healthcare workers oh, to the Super good. Bowl for free. That's great. That's great to see. And it's great to see. Um, so unusual times. Uh, here we are talking about something that is usual, Super Bowl Sunday and the ads around it. So let's segue over to this first ad, <clears throat> excuse me, from Pringles. It's a 60. Pringles came in last year with a strong entry. And I believe they're going to also be at the top of the favorite ads this year. Let's let's have a listen here. Where is everyone? Pringles original. Barbecue. Pizza. The barbecue pizza stack. Look, we're saved. Hey. We're going home. Hey. Jalapeno. Jalapeno. Crunch. Ich liebe Gustenstätten. Endless flavors to stack. Enjoy carefully. We should describe the scene uh, since you can't see it. Um, uh, uh, people have come back from space and they're in the ocean waiting to be picked up. And apparently no one is paying attention to them because there are more important things happening on Earth, like stackable flavored Pringles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's basically the setup. Um, this will be one of the funny ads that people, you know, kind of look at and say, what, what is happening here and why? Yeah. Um, and also we just open up on this scene where the astronauts have been at sea for, you know, several days. The man has, you know, a beard is growing and they're, they're fishing for their dinner. They're out of supplies. Yeah, it reminds me of that uh, that Tom Hanks movie. What was that uh, Castaway, where he ends up on the desert island waiting for to get rescued? Wilson. Is, yeah. <laughs> so this is a yeah. It's a very visually driven spot. There's a little bit of interlude of celebration, you know, audio celebration as we heard. Um, but this is mostly a visual gag, and it's a very well used. Uh, trope in advertising you're so busy obsessing over the product you don't know what's going on in the background and you're just not paying attention so new spin on an old idea uh certainly could be one of the higher rated ones if people like i said it's got to land right because you know maybe in a room full of people it's funny maybe watching by yourself it might not be but we'll see it's very typical of what pringles does uh, year after year, they've been on the Super Bowl for a long time with a lot of visual gags, and this is just the latest one of them, and we'll see how it goes. It, there, and there's also something slightly odd about wanting to be rescued and then and then just having the ship pass you by. Yeah. yeah. Um, in this day and age, when when you know 
we are indeed societally looking for a rescue from the pandemic. I mean, so it's just odd that there's this metaphor at play in this commercial that may go noticed, may go unnoticed, but um, the desire to be rescued and uh, having it being totally ignored by the official parties that are truly sailing by in this commercial. It's an interesting look at it. I never thought about it that way, but uh, you know, people will be looking for more meaning or different meanings in some of the spots this year because everything seems to be amplified because of COVID. Agreed. And let's let's look at another spot where we could do the same sort of uh, deeper philosophical probe if we felt like it. This one's from Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade. When did Bud Light Seltzer start making lemonade? Probably when 2020 handed us all those lemons. 2020 was a lemon of a year. Well, you know what they say when life gives you we lemons. We know the saying, Mark. New Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade, packed with lemonade flavor after a lemon of a year. It's literally raining citrus in this commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and people are fleeing because um, you might imagine that uh, should lemons pour from the sky, they would hurt. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's another visual uh, feast of a commercial. This one's from Wide Nick Kennedy, New York. It, it's a good commercial. What do you think of this one, Dan? Oh yeah, this is this is going to get a lot of attention. It's very visually driven. You know, when it rains lemonades, it rains lemons. Excuse me. It's uh, hard to ignore. Uh, a couple things I would mention about this spot. Uh, it's a very you know it's a simple idea when life give you life give you lemons make lemonade and so you know you take that to its extreme. You know, it, it, it has an interesting payoff because it is a Bud Light, I guess, lemonade seltzer or some, something like that. But the other thing is that this is a 60-second spot, and you're seeing people, I guess, who are in 2021 now partying without masks. So it's, I, I think there's going to be some people who will be taken aback a little bit by spots that show groups of people together unmasked. It's kind of, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just, it's off. <laughs> Right. And, and that just makes me think about um, the whole, you know, need to get vaccinated and it just that take that one more step. You know, a vaccination doesn't mean that you stop wearing a mask or socially distancing, but I have a feeling that, that people think that maybe that's what it does mean. Yeah. I mean, you know, wh- how you interpret the spot will, may, it may just normalize, you know, parties and get togethers again. And maybe we're not there yet, or maybe we should be getting close to being there. Who knows? Well, we'd like to be there. Um, let's talk about the product since you uh, wondered out loud what was in the can. It makes me uh, smile because what is in the can is not beer, not Bud Light, but 
hard seltzer of a lemonade uh, flavor variety. And it's interesting where the beer brands um, decided to go with this and, you know, putting, putting a non beer product into a Bud Light can. Now, is that not confusing to the customer or, or what? All the beer manufacturers are doing this right now. Everybody's getting into the seltzer market. And I think I would imagine in the next year or two, we're going to see just an oversaturation of the market if it isn't there already. Uh, it's just a lot, you know, Bud Light means beer to me. It doesn't mean seltzer. That's my point is I understand their desire to have a line extension and to be in this business, but I do not, as a brand guy, understand why you would put a non-beer product in a Bud Light can or yeah. whatever the, the can is. To me, you create an, a, a new brand for that play. Yeah. Um, so it's just odd, it, yeah. you know, the whole thing. Um, but it is raining lemons, so take <laughs> take take shelter, yeah. take cover, uh, beware. So another metaphor that's playing out like after this tough year, let's go to another commercial, Dan. This is from Chipotle, their first entry into the Super Bowl. Um, and this asks a strange question. Can a burrito change the world? What if this could change the world? A burrito. Yeah. You are so weird. It could. It could change how we plant things, water things, grow things, pick things, move things, and transportation things. What? That's not a thing. It could make our farmers happier, more organic, more real, more soil helping, less carbon emitting, and world changing. Hey, are you still talking? Supply chain uh, in the middle of the Super Bowl strikes me as maybe not the best first move. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted about this spot because I want to believe that brands like Chipotle are committed to a healthier supply chain, better agriculture, and better farming. But I'm not sure I'd buy it. You know, Chipotle has come off a few years of where they had to pay, I think, $25 million in fines for violating health codes. And they got caught up in a uh, in an E. coli scandal a few years ago, I think. And for all their efforts, I'm not sure I am fully accepting of their message. So, you know, in the midst of the Super Bowl, I'm not sure that this message is going to land well. You know, Chipotle makes a good product. And it's certainly very popular, but I'm not, I'm just not convinced. And this is obviously a, you know, it's a social message um, in terms of, you know, there's an environmental overlay here and I'd rather see them um, walk the talk a little more before they get into this. And, you know, we, we saw many years ago, they did the back to the start um, commercial many a long time ago which was a brilliant animated spot, but I, I'm just not, I'm, I'm just not convinced. I hear you. I think that you want to have more appetite appeal uh, during, during the Super Bowl in, uh, in particular. And what are we convinced of? We're convinced of their guacamole, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, look, it's a solid, it's a solid burrito. It's not certainly um completely unhealthy for you if you choose the right ingredients and i want to believe that they're like i said that their supply chain is improving 
Um, but this is, this is a bit of a stretch. Agreed. So, you know, if I was involved in this, I'd want the this, this strategy to be uh, more about appetite appeal, since we know that the burritos are amazing and delicious, and we know the guacamole is too, and all this, <laughs> and like, focus on that. <clears throat> you can tie it to the farm without sort of shaking the audience off. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering how this one will go over. Uh, I suspect it'll be in the middle of the pack when the, when all the ratings are, are done. Um, but we'll see, you know, what I always say about the Super Bowl is your top five spots are always somebody else's bottom five spots. And that's the way it is. Well put, well put. Um, so we'll get to that next Sunday when we see all these spots. Uh, before we wrap this show, Dan, I want to, bring up one more topic that's not related to these topics. Um, the topic is the extraordinary amount of money that Facebook continues to make. Uh, they put out their Q4 earnings last week. And <clears throat> excuse me, if you look at them, they're truly, you know, they're, they're just completely off the chain. I mean, they, Facebook earned $11.22 billion uh, last October through December, uh, which was uh, 53% higher than the year earlier. And the reason I want to bring this up is, is that I thought Facebook was, you know, the big bad wolf and that we uh, were all supposed to quit Facebook and that brands weren't supposed to advertise on Facebook. And it's just such a ridiculous thing that the, the facts are right here in front of us. The facts are uh, Facebook grew its monthly user base 12% to 2.8 billion, 2.8 billion. People aren't quitting Facebook and brands aren't quitting Facebook. Facebook no. is making a mountain of money. They're inventing money. They're, no. they're, 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 they're sweating money. Yeah. So this also includes Instagram. Um, Facebook owns Instagram, of course. And I'll just tell you, I had a client last summer when there was this movement to try to quit Facebook for a month to get advertisers to drop Facebook for a month. My client said, no, we're not going to drop Facebook for a month. It's too valuable a medium for their advertising. Uh, it's one of their primary vehicles for advertising. And I think if you spend a lot of time on Facebook, like I do, you see that there are just massive amounts of advertisers on Facebook. Everything from the your you know the most local businesses around the corner who use geotargeting very effectively, to uh, DTC companies who are selling um, you know every everything you can order on the internet. You know, I did a search for e-bikes, or I clicked on an e-bike ad, and now I get dozens of different brands of e-bikes advertising to me on Facebook. So it's, I guess you could call this the long tail. I don't, maybe that's not the technical term for it, but Facebook has a massive appeal to small businesses, small advertisers, folks with limited budgets, and that's not changing. People are still tied into Facebook, no matter how much they love to hate it or claim they don't like it, but advertisers are addicted to it. And there's no good substitute for a small budget, small advertiser right now. Dan Goldgeier, you just kicked major facts. Oh, uh, 
that's the reality and and you know you you can talk some some silly talk you can you can write articles or read them in the trades about about the big bad wolf um that's not to say that that internal pressure isn't changing facebook external pressure isn't changing facebook the point is facebook is you know the new steel or, or whatever and they're here to stay so so we in the business um, have a role in making them a better media ecosystem because they're not going away to your point. Right. Right. So, you know, we can keep pressure on them to make sure that the content on Facebook is um, quality content and they're not spreading misinformation or disinformation or fake news. We can keep the pressure on them. Advertisers have the ability to put the pressure on them because, you know, advertisers are the ones who are making Facebook run, as you said. Dan Goldgeier, that was the last word. Thank you, friends and colleagues. This has been Ad Chatter, Season 2, Episode 2. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your attention. Please let us know if you'd like to be on the show or if you have any thoughts or comments. And check us out at adpulp.com. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, everybody. And thank you, David. Engineered by Dan Goldgeier in Seattle, Washington.